Hi, I'm Eves. After quarantine started, I was laid off. And, like many of you, pretty soon I was lonely. Like, really lonely. I was single, living by myself. And I wondered, what if I could create romantic connections in this world of social distance? Okay, I'm from Canada. Raised by a single mom. These are strangers. They exchanged voice memos with each other for 30 days. First, I just want to say uh, you sound awesome. I listen to your profile. Three weeks into it, I'm still a little amazed at how much I do like you. No names, no direct contact. This is W. Your voice is very attractive. I'm very excited to figure out what your name is. And no pictures. This is such a weird medium. Oh my God. This feels like an arranged marriage. <laughs> I'm no longer looking to date for sport. I feel like I'm going to explode at some point. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE master technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. your host for the most, Tiny Tim. What's good, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Happy generic time of day to you. I have a very special guest with me today, Heather Lee from the podcast. It's nice to hear you. Heather, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm so excited to have this conversation and thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk with me before we got on air here. Yeah, of course. Um, so you have a podcast um, based, God, I'm, I'm never going to do this justice, so I want you to handle the heavy lifting of talking right <laughs> here, but you had a matchmaking experiment, and I recently have been er- introduced by my mentor to a platform called Clubhouse, which is very much like Facebook or Instagram, but it's all audio. There's rooms of topics, whether it be matchmaking, 
or finding Bigfoot or playing mm -hmm. soccer or, or tech oriented, a lot of uh, money rooms and stuff like that, where you just kind of raise your hand like a Zoom conference, but nobody can see you. And it's all based on an audio discussion. And what I found out that is really grabbing a lot of people and taking hold of them because you're having conversations relative to a topic that's interesting to you. Now you have a very similar idea that I think pops off in a whole nother direction, but you have an audio matchmaking project where, and correct me anytime, step in anytime, Heather. No, you're doing great. Um, where you spend 30 days exchanging audio messages, trying to make a matchmaking match, and you're, you kind of play matchmaker, but people don't get to see each other, and they have to have intellectual dialogue for 30 days before they can have a possibility of meeting each other. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the general premise. Um, getting to know each other without any visuals, no profile pictures, and there's also no real-time interaction. So it's asynchronous voice memo exchanges. <laughs> and I feel like I'm totally cheating on the whole process because I'm looking you face-to-face -face right now. <laughs> <laughs> the first time we met, the first time we had a conversation, and we're actually getting to see each other. Um, what does that feel like after you've kind of been in this for about a what in a year or so in this project well the actual experiment was only for 30 days mm -hmm. um but it took me about nine months to write about it when i came up with the idea for the experiment i wanted to create a podcast so that's one of the reasons why I decided to do voice memos. Um, I figured I'll use the content, all of this recorded audio content, and I could create a story out of that. That was the general premise. Um, but it took me a lot longer to craft a story. There's a, there's a lot of angles, and I had to kind of figure out what is it that I wanted to say? What is the story that I am most optimized to tell? Uh, that process was nine months. Wow. So... Gosh, I have so many questions that it's hard to even pick one to start with. But how many participants did you have in this audio experiment? And where did you find them? Was it like a, a cattle call at a studio? Like, hey, we're looking for Joey from Friends. Anybody come on down? <laughs> yeah, I had about 100. So my goal for myself is I would get 100 people to sign up for the experiment before I start matching them. Um, so I did get a hundred people and then I tried all sorts of ways. It was a lot harder to find single people to sign up for an experiment like this than I had expected, you know, going in, I was like, how hard could it be? There's like, everyone's lonely. There's a lot of single people out there. Everyone's stuck at home now. So I didn't expect it to be this hard, but you know, it is kind of a, unique concept when you think about online dating like of course there would be pictures and there would be real-time interaction and you have access but this experiment took away all of those things um uh, yeah but I tried you know tapping into my network trying to get friends of friends to sign up and 
I experimented with posting on social Instagram meetup groups, Facebook groups, like trying to find all these niche, um, you know, conscious listening, uh, dating, online dating type groups to spread the word. Um, I tried to contact a bunch of matchmakers and relationship therapists to see if they might have clients of theirs or if they know people in their networks who might be interested in signing up. Um, but it took me about uh, a month, I would say, to get 100 people. Um, but it's really a mix of things that I tried. So let me take you back. And what was your, when you had this idea, you know, you had this epiphany, what was your goal in mind? What were you trying to accomplish? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, the reason why I started it was because I was seeing this guy who sent me voice memos and that experience of receiving it and listening it was so novel. And I haven't experienced that in a romantic context before. I thought that was interesting. And then things with that guy basically festered off, but the memory of him sending me voice memos was always there. Um, and then at the time on Netflix, I don't know if you've heard of the show that called Love is Blind that was kind of blowing up in March 2020. And a lot of my friends were watching it. And the premise for this show is a reality TV show where people only get to know their matches with voice. Like they were in these separate pods and the contestants speak to each other through a wall. And as with, you know, reality TV, it's super dramatic and they cast the characters and people actually proposed before they even saw what their match looked like. And then the cameras follow them to like honeymoon. Um, but this idea around voice was percolating in my head, you know, this guy who sent me voice memos and then watching that, uh, Love is Blind on Netflix. Um, so that was one element I wanted to explore this idea around could voice lead to deeper emotional connection? If we got rid of the um, stimulus of visuals and profile pictures and just focus on voice, like could that be a channel to tap into deeper intimacy? And so that was one question. And then the other thing was I wanted to learn about how to make a podcast. So just exercising those creative muscles of creative writing, putting together a story, creating something from nothing, learning about everything that goes into podcast production. So that was kind of the more skill building side of it. Um, that was interesting. And then opportunistically, I was laid off at the time. So I had all like all this time and I didn't want to look for a new job immediately. It was during quarantine. And I figured I'm going to just immerse myself in this creative project to one, learn about voice and uh, voice in the context of dating. And then two, learning about um, podcasting and writing a story. And you were living in Chelsea, New York at the time when you started that? Yeah, yeah, no, correct. You guys were heavily locked down because my sister-in-law lives uh, pretty close to where you uh, resided back there. Um, yeah, totally. It was a different city entirely. Like no one was out on the streets and um yeah, yeah it was kind of dramatic to see how everything shut down so quickly it's a whole nother world in seattle la and, and new york for sure did you find that people were 
more honest with their voice messages than perhaps their profile pictures and their Instagram and who they were trying to present themselves as? I mean, I didn't really have their profile pictures or Instagram oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to compare. But I mean, um, it, for, let's say you're following, you know, Zach Efron or whatever on Instagram and he's putting all these glorious pictures up and stuff. Isn't that curtain kind of pulled back when it's just audio? Um, yeah, I think audio is definitely one component of it. Just the intimacy around recording into your phone. You know, I was surprised by how long these messages were. Um, within a few days, the messages were like 40 minutes long uh, between people. So a lot of people treated them as self-recordings, basically. You know, it's also asynchronous, right? So I'm just recording into my phone at this point in time, and then my match will get it at some future point in time, and then they'll listen to my, to, to my voice. Um, I was surprised by how long the recordings were. Um and when you're in that intimate space, like you're probably recording in your house, in your bedroom, like, you know, that just feels very private. And I'm sure that impacts the mental state. And these people also self-selected into this experiment. Anyone who's going to sign up for an experiment like this is probably uh, more, I mean, I'm making a huge generalization, but of <laughs> my participants, they were definitely more uh interested in emotional connection um you know part of this conscious listening group like they are interested in self-exploration um interested in you know empathy and talking about feelings and uh so that might have something to do with it too just the selection bias of what type of people this project um attracted mm -hmm. did you have anybody that sent in audio because you you vetted every audio right before it got passed on to the next person correct yeah and the reason for that was mostly to maintain the anonymity like I wanted to make sure that people didn't accidentally say their names or something too personally identifiable to compromise mm -hmm. that um and then also just to like inform me as the experiment went on, like what type of things are people saying? I, there's also a prompt component every day. I would send a prompt to the participants, whether or not they choose to engage is totally up to them. But a prompt could be something like uh, record an audio tour of your house and share it with your match, like go oh. on a walk, take your match on a walk with you and share the colors and the smells and you know it just like brings another dimension to um the content that they were sharing and with the prompts it's like a third party you feel uh maybe more permission to, to talk about those things and it does surface um some some other topics that might not come up as fast organically um but yeah listening to the audio messages beforehand helped me um think about prompts to give them as well okay i want to get off this experiment for a quick sec and uh try to find some humor in this and say was there an audio message that was way off the mark that just blew your mind uh in terms of surprises sure there are so many things that people disclosed 
and how quickly people disclosed them like Open so books. many points yeah just so many things that people shared private things vulnerable things to a stranger you don't even know their name right um that was definitely surprising yeah but no crazy story you can tell uh i mean i made a whole podcast about it <laughs> <Just> so, <laughs> um you know like people confessing like oh i've never been in love you know like that i would think that it's a pretty vulnerable share um talking about private things with their family past relationships and you know just uh thinking about how you they could share and articulate these things to a stranger that they haven't met um you know that one is demonstrates the power of voice and also maybe just how communicative and affectionate people are uh, which is something that I've learned for sure. Um, what feels vulnerable to me might not be vulnerable to other people. So yeah. just calibrating Good point. how I would do, how I would communicate in certain situations versus what other people say. And so rarely do we have a window into the private conversations of other people. So mm -hmm. just getting that privilege to hear what people say um, privately was a huge surprise and like learning opportunity. Yeah, that's what I pride myself about the bystander podcast that we're doing right now is that people can be a fly on the wall and listen to a conversation that they're not privy to on a regular daily basis. And perhaps we're stimulating some discussion that they've been wanting to talk about or think about or get involved in or mm -hmm. had no idea which is yeah. kind of cool because like instead of me just talking to heather or heather just talking to myself we're talking to a lot of people you know hundreds of people and they're they're sharing this conversation even though they're not participating they're getting the gist of something that's really i would like to strongly suggest that you go listen to um, because your social experiment blew my mind away so when you got into this, were you thinking about being like, okay, so let, let me dial this back. Let's see if I can frame this question correctly. It, you lose your job, it's quarantine, you're locked down in New York forever. Did you want to do this social experiment just to do a social experiment? Or were you thinking about becoming a matchmaker? Or were you looking for love yourself because you did participate in this anonymously as a character outside your real self? Um, yeah, that's a great question. When I first started, I definitely did not have ambitions to be a matchmaker, or create an online dating app. Um, but now that I've gone through this experiment and kind of learned a lot of insights around dating, I definitely see an opportunity in online dating for um, more niche concepts like this, not sure. necessarily to create like a voice forward dating app. Um, but this idea around emotional connection, uh, maybe emotional connection first and then physical connection. Like that was kind of a premise for the experiment. Like I think there could be an interesting business idea around how to scale that. Um, so yeah, to, to answer your question, no, that was not an intention in the beginning, but now I definitely see some opportunities. 
Now, was it an intention for you to find somebody to date as well? No. Uh, I You're mean, just I, participating. Well, I didn't participate. I like was facilitating everything on the back end um, and making the matches happen. And I, you know, I didn't match myself with anyone. Oh. But part of the through doing this experiment i learned a lot about dating like how to date better uh what do i need to improve on if i wanted to be a better partner so and that's a lot of what the podcast is like the lessons that i've learned and now i am dating someone not because i met them through the experiment but i think i am able to date more successfully because of the lessons that I learned and just from observing and eavesdropping into the participants. I I think you bring up a lot of things like reflection, compatibility, the acceptance of who you are and who others are, um, how vulnerable you can show yourself to other people and just uh, not necessarily a new art, but a finite art of communication. And uh, Mm -hmm. there's lots of lessons to be learned. And one thing that struck me as a a unique pivot in your podcast was you had a voice psychologist on, right? Um, You're talking about behavioral signals, I'm guessing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm new to it, but it's exciting and I want to learn more about it. Yeah, it was super interesting to partner with them. And I'm just so grateful for um, their partnership. You know, it's called Behavioral Signals and they're a speech recognition company. It's a tech company and they work with a lot of, you know, call centers like major banks. And if you call into Bank of America, like it's probably their software that's powering a lot of the call centers. And um they applied their algorithm onto all of the voice voice messages that I got. And they were able to say like, this is the emotions that we can detect just from how people talk. It's mm-hmm. not even like reading the words of what they're saying, but just focusing on tone, pitch, um, Vibration, are there any right? pauses? There are thousands of features that they classify someone's voice, how they speak. Um, so I can't even pretend to explain like what all of those thousands of features are, but they basically um, can detect the emotion that people are emitting. And that's interesting because uh, you can map that over time. Like 30 days is not a, a long enough time. And also a hundred people is definitely not enough of a sample size, but for the specific pairs that I do talk about in the podcast, there were some interesting insights like saying, oh, this person was more nervous in week one and then he became less so. And you can pinpoint exactly the arc of how that happened. Um, Also seeing how their communication styles evolve towards each other. Um, And that's something that has been denoted in linguistic studies, like for people who do have a connection or, couples there has been scientific studies that show our language patterns evolve towards our partners in terms of speech Mm. or um the pitch so it's it's very subtle but you know technology can measure it over time yeah wasn't there like a 
a strength of spoken word too, where there's there's confidence or insecurity that's picked up by vibration or, or whatnot. I often think of myself as somebody that's kind of monotone or or dry, just kind of like just stay the same type of pitch. And I like how you decided not to be evaluated yourself. <laughs> and, but I know when you're doing your narrative stuff, you have a certain voice cadence. And talking to you now after the podcast is done, I, I can already pick up on all this positive energy and <sighs> strength that you have in your voice. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And I'd like to obtain that too. So this is uh, another tree branch or whatever I'd like to climb on and say, hey, you know, it's, it's body language, it's posture, it's inflection, it's tone, it's listening. There's so many elements to communication. What are some of the takeaways that you had that you obviously learned from this experiment and have taken into your regular life and are thankful for it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, communication is a big thing. Um, one, just projection is real. Like how I think I am perceived um, is not necessarily how other people perceive me or what my preferences are may not be the preferences for someone else. There's uh, one section in, a, in the episode where I talk about love language um, so there are five different love languages and different people can have different languages. Like maybe your love language is words of affection. And then for someone else is physical touch. Like if you're not receiving your love language, you might just feel unloved mm -hmm. when that's not necessarily the case. Like if my love language is words of affection and I'm just like giving you all these positive affirmations, but you don't interpret that the same way that I do. Um, you know, there could be problems in that relationship. Yeah. So just having an understanding of that was super powerful. Um, so I am, you know, now in dating and just even in daily life, like communication is so critical, right? Uh, being aware of tone and just how double checking, like how I think that I'm coming across. Am I really coming across that way? Like how, what, what is, the preferred communication style for that other person. Mm -hmm. um, so always just having that awareness is, is helpful for sure. Um, I, I can go on and on about all these other lessons, uh, you know, around vulnerability. What does that really mean? Um, one, one insight I learned is vulnerability is very different from being open. Vulnerability requires, um, you to really feel scared. Like if you feel threatened mm. by something that you're sharing or communicating, um, that could be vulnerability. But if you're just talking about, you know, private, intimate things, that's not necessarily vulnerable. Um, and vulnerability is so key to developing a deeper connection with someone. Um, but it also needs to be reciprocated. It, 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 yeah. A connection requires both people to be vulnerable uh, with each other. So if I'm vulnerable to you, then, you know, hopefully over time you reciprocate that and we share more and more vulnerable things with each other. And that's how you develop connection and intimacy. 
Um, but so, so many things, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you really enjoyed this project. Did it pull you out of any type of depression or was it a grind or was it something that just kind of slowly came around? No, I mean, I, I wouldn't character my, characterize myself as depressed at the time. It was definitely a shock to not have a job and all of a sudden being in quarantine for the unforeseeable future. You know, there's so many things happening with the world, just, you know, with like bigger things, climate change and everyone being so uh, like all the vitriol in media. Like it's mm -hmm. hard not to think about all of those negative things around me at the time a year ago. And working on this project, it kind of uh, was very joyful and hopeful. Like that was kind of the overall tone. So having the privilege of um, being reminded about the positivity of humanity, how great it is to really connect with someone and really appreciating these moments. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was nice. What, and also what, learning a new skill set. It's definitely, uh, uh, you know, challenging to create a podcast and not having a background in radio, but um, being able to learn a new skill set is always a rewarding experience. You did, you did a good job of surrounding yourself with a good team, you know, with the branding and editing and um, people chiming in their opinions and having a a complete support group and that's a great way to start a podcast for sure um, yeah did you move to LA to sell the movie <laughs> uh, no no I I moved to LA because my lease in New York was ending and uh, you know opportunistically it was ending at the beginning of October so it was about to be winter and I didn't want to quarantine in New York during the winter um so I figured I'll try out the West Coast. If there was any a time to do it, it would be now. You know, I wasn't really beholden to New York. So I moved to L.A. for warmer weather. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how New York and Californians, Californians are kind of exiting those states. California because of the tax reasons and New York because of the restrictions. And it seems like Miami and Austin are being hotbeds. Up here in Seattle, it's it's been pretty difficult. The city's taken quite a quite a hit. Lots of old school restaurants shuttered and such. And yeah, we had a sure. world class waterfront, you know, being built because um, we're kind of a port city here, and it, it's just homelessness and despair yeah. and shuttered buildings. And we were going in such a positive direction prior to the pandemic. So, and it. I don't know if pandemics have the the pandemic here has brought more people to po into podcasting, definitely creating, but I don't know about listening because there's no commute time and people aren't mm. out and about and walks and they're spending more time with their families and su such. Um, it'll be, be interesting to see at the end of the summer where the podcast world stands. Mm -hmm. um, what was your background before this? Uh, I started my uh, I started my career in investment banking and then I held a few different corporate finance roles and then I went to business school to pivot into retail. Um, so right before the
the the pandemic, I worked in experiential retail in strategy and operations. Mm. And now you're a podcaster. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been really nice to create something from nothing. Yeah. And I think you have, you know, a cutting edge idea that has evergreen content and, you know, you're kind of one of the first to arrive there and um, kudos to you. I'm really proud and um, thankful I discovered your podcast. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to spotlight it. Yeah. It's nice to hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm on the inside track because like first meet, I get to see you and uh, nobody else did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Do people, do you still stay in touch with anybody from the experiment? And second part of that question would be, um, did anybody have a love match? Yeah, I mean, of the people that I profiled in the podcast, there are three pairs. Two of them ended up dating. That's Um, what I'm talking about. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're not married, but they did end up dating. Um, I I do have a personal friend. She was in episode four of the podcast uh, who participated. So I do obviously still keep in touch with her since she's my friend, but I make it a point not to really keep in touch with other people. I did a debrief with the other pairs that I profiled um, for the podcast, but I don't have an ongoing conversation. What's your next move? I would love to do a season two. Um, Not exactly the same way, um, but I do enjoy this social experimentation aspect of it. Um, I like the topic of human connection. Um, You know, obviously, within a romantic context is one way to go, but there's a lot of other flavors of human connection. So I would love to do season two, but I would need sponsors and I'm hoping to pitch to, to, to a few different places after the last episode comes out. Um, But for the first season, I self-funded it. And for season two, if I want to do a more expanded and bigger version of it, I definitely need some corporate support. So yeah, hopefully I'll be able to do that. Speaking of that, you can subscribe to my podcast on Patreon. And in the story details, please buy some mud water, um, the coffee alternative that you're dying to have. Actually, I'm two months off coffee on mud water, completely a mushroom coffee alternative. And it's good stuff. It's kind of like chai tea. Oh, got it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a subscription service. So you get a discount and the show gets a little bit of money affiliate marketing, um, please check that out. Tell people where they can find your podcast and how they can support your endeavors. Yeah, the show is called It's Nice to Hear You, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want more information, check out it's nice to hear you.com or on Instagram at It's Nice to Hear You. Heather Lee, you rock. I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. This was a cool experiment awesome podcast. I can't wait for the finale and I wish you all the best going forward. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to chat and meet and let me know if you're ever in LA. And if you're ever up in the PNW Wonderland, come on up and we'll take care of you as well. Please stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
All right. Best wishes. Have a good week. Bye. Take care. You've been listening to the Bystander. Be kind. Up in the morning, yawning, cops watching, wait to kick the dope in. Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end, so my enemies got no friends. Yeah, it don't end. I wake up in the morning, yawning, cops watching, wait to kick the dope in. Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end, so my enemies got no friends. Yeah, it don't end. Uh, you come to my hood and tell me how to live, I think I'm good. That's not how it is. How it works, so hours I work on my craft like I'm leaving the earth, like trees in the earth getting deep in the dirt. Not for reason I search, that's for the birds, like the season that turps. You see, yeah. at first, you're the only thing I need on this earth, then. Well, you're the only reason I hurt. At first, you're the only thing I need on this earth, then. Well, only reason I hurt, maybe, baby, that's just how I twist it. But I know you got a hit list of misters who diss it, so now I can't have your big lips. Just wanna love you for real though, but when you come to work, you wear your still toes, so you can't feel no access to your seal. So and so, I gotta pay the bill though, and get fed, barely have the meal slow. Girl, yeah, love is all I'm really here for. Wake up in the morning, yawning, cops watching, wake to kick the dope. In, Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end so my enemies got no friends Yeah, it don't end I wake up in the morning, yawning Cops watching, wait to kick the dope in Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end so my enemies got no friends Yeah, it don't end uh, See, me, I always been a thinker So you telling me we gon' sink, uh, don't compute in my brain I don't just shoot, I'm careful of my aim and I'll be shooting to you Care for the same, on the same dream like some pairs I'm just saying, we all have prayers for the same Already there is the plan, cop you a ticket, have you a visit to where this is First, you're the only thing I need on this earth, then But you're the only reason I hurt At first, you're the only thing I need on this earth, then But you're the only reason I hurt Ralph Rain Yeah, 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 it's Ralph Rain